All right, before we start the episode, I want to give a huge shout out to our newest patrons for the month. Big thank you to Susan, Holly, Robert, Ken, and Baron. We couldn't make this show without the support of listeners like you. Now, on to our review of Creed 3. I would never watch this again. <laughs> just, just flat out. Okay. Good Lost start. time. I would never watch this again. He, he repeated the first himself? line. Yeah. Worst boxing movie, worst Rocky movie, worst Creed movie, not even a movie. <laughs> That's uh, factually incorrect. Verifiably a movie. Save your time. Watch other movies. Not even an average movie. Oh my gosh. That was wow. ridiculous. Jeez. Not even a one-star review on IMDb. Hello there, and welcome to Spoilers Intent, a podcast about series and films. I am your host, joined as always by Ryan. I'm Ryan. What's your name? Andrew. There it is. <laughs> you said I'm your host. <laughs> I am your host, Andrew, and joined as always by Stephen. Hey there. Can we I call you Stefan? Is that a thing that can happen now? What's no. Stefan? No. I li- we're this far into the right podcast out. that we should probably just change it to Stefan. Yeah, I think I think that's probably. It sounds more like a film critic. To me. Uh, yes. I feel like I'm being Stephane. outvoted here. I don't like I don't like democracy right now. This okay. is how our, our bonus episodes goes. We can outvote. You are now yes. Stefan. You are now Stefan. What can, uh, for day? No, hold on. <laughs> Fjord, Fjord, is the, Fjord is the go-to. Yeah, it's me, Stefan Fjord. Uh, so this week we are discussing the third film in the Creed franchise, aptly named Creed Three or Threed. Threed. We gotta make that happen. We gotta make this a thing. Uh, this is also the ninth film in the Rocky franchise. It's just crazy, man. And Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Also crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's definitely a film, third one in the Creed franchise. Yeah. But before we get into that. And into the ring, let's talk a little about some about some other directorial debuts. Uh, it doesn't have to be actors that turned into directors; can just be directorial yeah. debuts. So there's a l- very long list. Of, there, there's a lot, yeah. So like the first films. film from a, a director, who wants to take it off first? I want Steven to go first. All right. So I chose for my directorial debut 1994's Clerks. Okay, good. Ooh, so good this pick. Is okay. Kevin Smith. Yep. And this was the big realization moment for me, where I don't know. One of my friends was just like, "Oh, and that's—he's the director." I was like, "What? You mean the dude just who stands there and doesn't say anything?" Silent Bob. <laughs> you can do that. You yeah. can you can be in your movie as a main character and also like direct it. That that doesn't make any sense. And of course, <laughs> looking this up, uh, I also realized originally when he wrote the script, mm-hmm. he was planning on being Randall Graves. I, so, I've never oh, seen wow. Clerks, so, so I don't know. So one of don't know. the two main characters. Oh, okay. So it's it's kind of a meme or a reason of why Graves yeah. gets the best lines, because Kevin was writing them for himself. Yeah. I oh, mean, he feels like Kevin Smith, like the character when you think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Huh. So I learned that just, just from looking up info on this, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So so you've never seen Clerks, Andrew? No. Are you a Kevin Smith fan? I don't think I've ever seen a Kevin Smith You, Kevin Smith you haven't film. seen Dogma? Uh, no, I have seen Dogma. Mallrats? Okay. Nope, yeah. haven't seen Mallrats. Um, Chasing Amy? Nope. I'm trying to think yeah. of some others here, and I'm. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm honestly mostly a fan of his earlier stuff, mm-hmm. but again, it, I I would imagine, and I'm saying this having not watched him for several years now. I don't know if they age as well as other stuff because it was definitely a mid '90s. It's a yeah, vibe. It's a whole kind of vibe. Yeah. But yeah, there's some classic scenes though, in a lot of Kevin Smith. Well, I, I do remember Dogma just because of Buddy Jesus, but beyond <laughs> that, like <laughs> like that's pretty much it. So that's all that's I an got. important yeah. reason to remember Dogma. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not here to tell you that Kevin Smith is the greatest director ever. 
No. Uh, but he definitely, like, Clerks hit at the right time. Oh, yeah. It had a right, the right kind of mood and the vibe. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's literally the two main characters. One runs a convenience store. And his next door neighbor runs a video store. Okay, and so like both, it's the same building, the same building. connected. So like, they both they hate they hate their jobs, they hate their customers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, and then you have Jay and Silent Bob, who are just drug dealers who hang out on the sidewalk in front of their store. Yeah, and they're just always there. It's almost like a <laughs> bunch of little vignettes. Yeah, okay, is the way it is. And like he shot it in black and white film because it's all he could afford. Like when he was like trying oh, wow. to get this movie going, so it has this weird. Just kind of like vibe, like noir aesthetic, yeah. but it's a '90s edgy comedy about a gas station and a video store mm. and two drug dealers that stand outside <laughs> it, and like hilarity ensues. And it, it definitely, I think, it resonated for me and all my friends because it was like, it felt different. The comedy felt different than a lot of movies up until that point. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a super, super different film at the time. Yeah. And if I remember right. Uh, yeah, so Kevin Smith actually worked in the store where they shot it. Yeah. And so they shot for 21 straight nights. <clears throat> so he would clock in at 6 a.m. and finish at 11 p.m. Wow. And then they would shoot until 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And he'd grab an hour to sleep and then go back to work. Nice. And it definitely like resonates with people that have worked a job, like a gas station yeah. or a video store. Dead or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. I, I was a clerk, you know, mm-hmm. hence the name. Like it definitely like. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. It's good, yeah. good, good film. We should watch good, it. Yeah, good kick off. All right, Ryan, I want to, I want to hear yours. I'm going to go with 1997's Boogie Nights from Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, have y'all ever seen Boogie Nights? Nope, I have wow. not. It's really good. So it's set in the 70s, and it's about a port, porn star played by Mark Wahlberg named Dirk Diggler. Okay, right? Classic <laughs> and, name. Classic porn star name. <laughs> yeah. Marky Mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's his like stage name, but yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. like Burt Reynolds, Julianne Moore. Um, John C. Riley's really good in it. Don Cheadle's amazing in it. Uh, Heather Graham's in it. William H. Macy's great. It's just a lot of names. Yeah, it's 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 basically the sleazy '70s porn scene mm-hmm. in a movie, but it's got a very like I don't know. It's a pretty dark movie towards the end because it really gets into like the CD stuff that happens, but it's yeah. almost a comedy in a lot of up, scenes up to that point. And yeah. it definitely shows off Paul Thomas Anderson's like eye for really cool shots mm-hmm. and like. I don't know, just the way the camera moves and the way it's edited. Yeah. And I don't know, it's it's really good. And what, like, what else has he done? So uh, he went on to do like uh, Magnolia. He did okay. um, more stuff I haven't seen. Uh, Punch Drunk Love. Okay. All there right. will be blood. All right. Okay. Um, oh man, there will right. be blood. That's is a, a fantastic film. film. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's like any of those movies, like like There Will Be Blood, that's like really intense but really well shot. Like Paul Thomas Anderson definitely started. His style here, yeah. you can see. I mean, Boogie Nights is a very different movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Blood. Yeah, but uh, you can still see some of the hallmarks of, of what his filmmaking style would be. But it's like, it's a a really good movie to be your first movie out because it like got nominated for. It may have won awards. I need to look that up. But it, it like it was a really good movie, especially if it's your debut like, yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Like so, coming out of the gate, swinging hard. Yeah, nice. What about you, Andrew? Uh, okay, so I went with the uh, the 1997. F- animated film oh, not not anime here we go here um is. cats don't dance oh that's cats a great film don't dance. Um, I've never wait heard of this. what oh. oh my gosh okay so cats don't dance uh, mark dindal uh, dindal 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 mark mark <laughs> dindal did um this was his directorial debut and he did um other films also known as emperor's new groove uh chicken little 
And then um, he's actually directing the Garfield movie in 2024. Okay, so he's come down a little bit in life. Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, for Garfield fans out there, he's moving up, you know? Um, Okay, well, so. It's a big franchise. Since Ryan does not know what Cats Don't Dance is. I'm Googling it because I don't, I've never Um, heard of it. Danny is a cat leaving his small hometown for the big time in Hollywood. He comes in hoping to sing and dance his way into stardom, not knowing that animals can only be extras. And if he and if he forgets his place, child star Darla Dimple and her musclehead butler Max will have ways of reminding him. And this film, I I love this film. It's a great film, actually. And the thing that that really sticks out with this film to me is the comedy. Mm-hmm. It's really sharp. There's and you can definitely see that um, in his later film Emperor Emperor's New Groove. Like yeah, it really yeah, has this smart wit about it and yeah. this was the film that he really kind of honed that in he, he was an animator for a lot of other disney films like aladdin right little um little mermaid those kind of things and um he moved it's, it's kind of sad is this a disney movie no no, okay. no. warner animation or, or turner, uh, okay. feature, turner animation. feature animation it, yeah. so he moved over to turner feature animation to make this film and mm-hmm. then in the process of this film being made in post-production it was bought out by warner so then Basically, it just kind of like went to the wayside, and whenever when it released in theaters, it only made three point five million dollars total. Right. Um, it just like totally bombed because there was no marketing for it, like, and uh, and it was from it, a defunct company. Yeah, I mean, they were in the process of getting bought out. There's no money was thrown at marketing yeah. this at all. Right. Um, but Randy ugh, Randy Newman did the music yeah. for this, and there's some phenomenal you got musical a numbers. Cat in me. <laughs> whoa, whoa, slow down. He there, don't Ryan. dance none. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like honestly, the the film's really, really fun. It has mm-hmm. a lot of great comedy, some good heart to it. The musical okay. numbers are good. Uh, Natalie Cole uh, sings um, for the the main girl character in the in the um, the film. Like yeah, that's Sawyer. Yeah, Sawyer. Yeah. I'm looking uh, through like screenshots. I have. Zero memories. Oh, I don't man. even remember seeing a poster for you, this or oh, seeing it on a VHS case. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You, you should I definitely no like. I, I know you don't really like musicals that much. I, but I was going to laugh. Yeah, you're, you're this is definitely one of musical. my favorite, like, just animated musical films that I can just kind of throw on because it's. So, I know all the music. I'm curious how it got on your radar if it had like no marketing and stuff. When did you see it? Um, I got it cats, just. Bro. I, I like cats, but no, okay. my, I think my grandmother just bought it for me on VHS. Okay, and she was like, "Oh, cats, he'll like this." So that yeah. was like the first time you'd heard it. Oh yeah, it wasn't like you saw a trailer. And oh was no, like, of course not. Mommy, mommy, take me to see <laughs> cats dance. Yeah. What about you, Stephen? Did you see a trailer or anything for it, or was it just like? Uh, I did not. I did not see this in theater. I'm pretty sure the same kind of play here. Of oh, it's a it's a kids animation with cats. We'll, we'll pick this up. Why not? You know, it's probably yeah. in the. Bargain bin at Walmart or something. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's only okay. an hour fifteen long. Yeah, it's it's, oh, so I mean, it's, it's super quick. Short. super yeah. quick. Yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, totally totally worth watching if you if you like you know that kind of genre of of animated film. Uh, definitely worth it. So we're gonna move on to three. Or we're gonna Creed three. We're gonna come out of cast don't dance and go straight to <laughs> Creed three. Creed well, three. normally I try and keep it on on get that whiplash in there for for like what we're talking about. Not this week. So, I, had, I saw Cast Don't Dance's directorial debut. Had to pick it. <laughs> God, <laughs> I mean, that's, Cats yeah, Don't that's Dance. A great choice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay, so we are going to talk about Creed Three, yeah. directed by Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. the third in the Creed franchise. Um, and I'm going to give a quick synopsis here, and then we can kind of talk about some specifics. So after dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed, Michael B. Jordan, has been thriving in both his career and family life when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy, Damien, resurfaces after a long 
long sentence in prison, he is eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring. The face-off between the former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. At all. Nothing to lose at all. Yeah. Uh, and, yep, yeah, directed by Michael B. Jordan. This is his first time directing a film. And, honestly, it's a pretty big uh, long shot because the film had a $75 million budget. It's, it had quite a budget. And yeah. uh, the, the gross so far has not been... Spectacular? I mean, it's actually... Oh, really? I thought it was well, doing good. No, okay. So it is doing very well compared to the other Creed films. Right. Okay. Um, but for a $75 million budget, it's not doing great. So what was the budget for Creed 2, just out know. of perspective? Uh, uh, that's a great question. Okay, so Creed 1 budget was $35 million, and it okay. made $29 million opening weekend. Creed 2 was a $50 million budget, mm. $35, $35 million opening, opening weekend. weekend. Creed 3... $75 million budget, yeah. $58.6 million domestic. Okay. Um, it has technically made all of its money back worldwide. Um, with international. Good, right? yeah, yeah, it's like a, a $41 million opening weekend, so a little above $100 million for that. Yeah, it, yeah. it's sad. Like, it, as of the time of us recording this, it's at just under $115 million globally. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, like that's still that that is a considerably a success. I mean, it's it's technically made its money back now. Right. They did put a lot of advertising for this. Yeah, there's a they lot did. of marketing on that. Does that count into any of this? That budget? No. Okay. No. Yeah. I you was never, gonna say that's probably get, a separate. Take take whatever the production budget was and double it, and that's typically your marketing and advertising. I think Amazon did more than that for for the because uh, yeah, Amazon yeah. bought MGM. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they, have, they put yeah. a lot of effort into this. Amazon yeah. likes throwing money into holes. I just would like <laughs> to. <laughs> throw money at me every once in a while. That'd be appreciated. Uh, but yeah, so we have, um, you know, obviously starring Michael B. Jordan, uh, also starring Jonathan Majors as um, his kind of foil in this so, film. So hot right now. He, he really is. This is the summer of Jonathan Majors, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tessa Thompson, Wood Harris, uh, Felicia Rashad, um, and Mila Davis-Kent, um, who plays his daughter. Um, his daughter. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Amara? Yeah, Amara. Amara, Amara. yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have uh, same cinematographer from the second Creed, uh, Kramer uh, Morgenthau, uh, but we do not have um, the same music by um, Ludwig Göransson from the last one. Apparently, there were some scheduling conflicts, mm -hmm. and he was working well, on some other again, stuff. Again, Ludwig is also so hot right now; he's he doing everything. Uh, so jo Joseph Shirley took up, you know, basically the musical role for that, okay. and then it was written by uh, Keenan Ryan Coogler. Is that Ryan Coogler? Yeah. Is that his name, full name? Is that Ryan no, Coogler's brother? Ryan, yeah, Ryan Coogler's brother uh, okay. and Zach Balin. So there was basically three writers for this. Okay. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear y'all's thoughts here because I really like the Creed franchise. I like the Rocky franchise, too. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's something about the Creed movies that just have really hit me mm. pretty hard. So, like, I liked it, but I'm going to let you guys go. Okay. Uh, it's easily my favorite of the Creed movies. I think okay. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I like the, the first Creed was like pretty good, mm -hmm. you know, for me. Like I like it was definitely the the origin uh, story. Well, Adonis is, is a hard character to get behind. Yeah. He he, he's he's kind of a, hard to root for sometimes because <laughs> yeah. he, he is yeah. his own worst enemy a lot of the time. And again, like I said in uh, the Does Creed 2 review, like he's he's kind of not as lovable immediately as like Rocky is, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, this movie though, like, I, I don't know. I, I, it finally clicked with me because mm -hmm. the second movie, uh, Creed two was pretty good. I liked, um, the, the villain a whole lot better. I liked yeah. the Drago and that we got to see 
you know, some sides of that. But what I ended up coming away from Creed two with was I want more of Ivan and Victor Drago and to see that story. Yeah. This yeah. one, man, I love Jonathan Majors, his character, his performance oh, and great. the dynamic felt like a better version of like the story of Rocky three. It, it was did. like, mm-hmm. what if Clubber Lang and Rocky were like buds back in the day mm-hmm. and this is bad blood it, yeah. instead of just Rocky's famous and now he's having to deal with his stuff. Cause I rewatched Rocky three after watching this to like, <laughs> just to make sure I have my perspective <laughs> yeah, yeah, of everything going on. Yeah. But yeah, with, with, um, with this, yeah, like I, I thought a lot of the performances were really good. I think Jonathan Majors stills the show for mm-hmm. sure to me. And then I liked, uh, I saw it in IMAX and all the fight scenes were, were filmed in IMAX. Phenomenal. And I, I loved what they did with the fight scenes. Uh, with the exception of the last one, I wish it would have gone a little bit longer. It almost felt truncated a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, you know, I don't. I, I could have. I was not get too deep into it, but we'll, we'll get no. there eventually. Well, I'll, I'll say spoiler free that I was enjoying it so much, I wanted it to keep going, and yeah. it didn't. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> well, uh, kind of on that, I would definitely say that they spend a whole lot of time building up the relationship between Adonis Creed and Damien mm-hmm. enough to where when they do have their their basically final bout at the end of the film, yeah. it means a whole lot emotionally yeah. to where because you know you know it's it's a you know it's a Creed film. Like, mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen. Right. It's it's <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, you know, I, I don't want to say too much. To yeah, spoil, yeah. But I yeah, don't want to spoil there's, it. There's a certain path that these movies can take. Yeah. They're going to do it. It's how they get there and, and what they and, do and along the way. And how they pull on the heartstrings to yeah. really give you emotional investment in it. Yeah. Yeah. Steven? Well, so I got to say, Adonis as a father and mm-hmm. the interactions there, right? It, it, going back to one and two where he can be a hard character to like at times. Yeah. That you want to put him over the top on like selling him as a likable character. Him give, give him with his daughter. Oh, yeah, his him daughter. interacting with his daughter yeah. is just fantastic. Pure gold, right? Mm-hmm. Like put take that to the mint, stamp someone's face <laughs> on it and sell it, okay? Yeah. Uh I don't know if I liked it more or not than the other creeds. Okay. Okay. Which I it was kind of a conflicting thing cuz the the core central story between Damien and Adonis I thought was great. Yeah, really well conceived, really well written, very mm-hmm. well handled. I think where for me it kind of tripped up is that the story was so good, but it didn't feel like Creed three. It, okay. didn't, it didn't feel mm-hmm. like it connected to prior movies as well as it could have built, being built into that franchise. I can kind of agreed with that. I yeah. mean, no, this is definitely the this is the first uh, Rocky franchise overarching film that does not have Sylvester Stallone in it as Rocky Balboa. And because of that, um, I definitely think that there is a, a vacuum that is very hard to fill because he's such a charismatic character in the in the franchise. Well, and it's yeah. also just like he's been such a pivotal character in terms of interaction and like development of our main character, right? Yeah, right. That to just not mention him is a little weird. Well, in the, in the the lead up to this, mm-hmm. you know, the announcement or the statement that Sylvester Stallone had, which could have been just studio PR, I don't know, right? Was that like, you know, he's still down to play Rocky, but like the script that they had and the movie they were going to make, there wasn't really a lot of room, room for Rocky for in it, and yeah. he wanted to force it in. Well, my opinion. Go ahead. Oh well, I, I have um, I have you a have rebuttal to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it from Sylvester himself? <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, never mind. So um, Stallone confirmed that he will never watch this film. Oh wow! Um, okay. And the reason is Erwin Winkler. Um, you can't make peace with someone who has been so nefarious, in my opinion. Um, you know, basically, everyone has control over this character except for me, and he's the one that wow. he's the one that made it. 
because okay. uh, uh, you know, dang. apparently back in the day, yeah. um, uh, very similar to I guess like when Elvis kind of like got you know kind of pigeonholed into performing in Las Vegas for a long time. Right. Uh, contracts were signed without like a lot of his knowledge, like his manager gotcha. signed, yeah, record, yeah, and basically signed away a lot of his rights to Rocky. And mm. the character and that kind of stuff. So he doesn't. He never really had control over it. And that's that's what I've read. Gotcha. You know, I'm not going to say that that's exact fact, but that's I've read from a couple different sources. Yeah. That's kind of what it was. Well, and I, I think the quote I'm th- talking about, and I don't have it pulled up. But he was talking specifically about Michael B. Jordan. And yeah. Like there's no bad blood there. No, and I don't. Right. Yeah, he's. Kind of I think thing. he is totally like he has no problem with Michael B. Right. I think it's just the the executive producers that that basically own the rights to Rocky. Right. And in his persona and that kind of thing. Well, and I think that's where a lot of that comes from. And for me, like that quote of like, there's not a lot of room for Rocky in this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree with that to a degree that like it would be weird in a lot of this movie to insert Rocky because like. Mm-hmm. Where, where it, does he go? Yeah, it feels where, like the yeah, emotional so, core so is somewhere else. But let me. We, so like the thing I would say, though, is there's a couple of scenes, one specifically where I'm like. I missed Rocky in this scene. I feel like he should have been in this scene right mm-hmm. here. But so, so, so I have a solution to that problem. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get into that, you know, way deeper. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers deep in there. I have a thing that I kind of just scribbled down where I was like, "This is what they could have done, and it would have solved all of this." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll get there. Just because, and it's not one of those things where I'm like, "Oh, it makes the movie worse," because it's a good movie. Yeah, it just if this was. It can't be original Creed because he's already, you know, heavyweight world, been heavyweight world champion mm-hmm. and retired. Mm-hmm. But like the actual storyline and the dynamic between our two main characters is such a strong story that if this just occurred and it was just called whatever, and it wasn't Adonis <laughs> Creed, it was, you know, your mama's need. I don't know, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. some other character. And it was its own separate plot line mm-hmm. that was just happening. It would have been a great boxing It would have been great, film. yeah. Yep. It would yep. not have felt like there was missed opportunity because yeah. you wouldn't have known that there was these other setups. Yeah. But, but I, you know, you like you have two other films of backstory and emotion oh, yeah. and everything already built up with that. So you have a basically a, well, a shorthand yeah. with the well, with his wife. Well, I was going to say with his wife, with his mm-hmm. daughter, and mm-hmm. with, with, you know, his mom. Like, yeah. I already had all the backstory from the first two. So I do think it's connected to a degree. It, it is. And, well, I'm talking about just the sense Central yeah. plot line yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the two main characters. Like you could have put that in on its own without yeah. the other side characters, almost I, none of them, period. I almost think that's phenomenal. Why I like it more though. I don't know. Cause like after I finished watching the first Creed, mm-hmm. I was like, that's pretty good. And I had like no desire to watch it again. Yeah. Well, not like immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'll watch yeah. it again, but I wasn't like, I gotta fire it up right now. Yeah. Second Creed, same thing. I was like, yeah, that was, some it's parts are really a, good. Some parts decent really emotional good. core. Yeah. 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 I, I'll watch it again sometime. This one, I walked out of the theater and I was like, I want to go back in and watch it again. So <laughs> I was like really ready to watch Creed three, Threed yeah. again. So <laughs> that was that was kind of uh, my reaction, like after watching it, the like because you know, we saw it in IMAX as well, mm-hmm. and we, you know we're you know through the whole film, you know, like there's definitely some on your edge of the seat moments, especially mm-hmm. in the final final act of the film where it's just like. Like you, you already know what's going to happen. It's a predictable film. That doesn't matter. It's yeah. it's the emotional stakes that are involved and the fights and the choreography are fantastic. And yeah. it really feels like you have a good connection, one to the characters, but then also to what's happening on screen. And Michael B did a fantastic job as you know being a first time director. Now you can definitely see there's some rough around the edges kind of concepts. Oh, I think there's some sure. there's some growing pains here. And yeah. now we I I know we shared within our 
chat a, a specific article of things that could have happened, and we were all like, "Woo, I'm glad that they didn't go that far." Yeah, and like, yeah. there's there's a couple things that that happen throughout the film that maybe don't have the right pace that I would have wanted for like, mm-hmm. a, I'll say closure for certain things here and there. Yeah. But um, overall, I mean, I think this is probably my favorite out of the three. Okay. Like, yeah. like I, I concur with that. Cause, but, cause the yeah. first one, the first one has some fantastic, like one shot cinematography, mm-hmm. but yeah. there isn't a big emotional core unless you're a really big Rocky fan. The second one has a good emotional core, but it's a lot slower and it's it's yeah. much more of a slow build. This one kind of has the best of both worlds, I think. I I would agree with that. That in terms of how they handled the, so so my complaint really isn't that they didn't give me emotions to pay yeah. off. It was that they had a couple of checks that were already floating out there that they kept cash for easy money. Yeah, and they didn't. And I I, I was like, man, if y'all had <laughs> if y'all had cashed in these couple of pieces, yeah. This could have really ratcheted, like we could have gone from the eight to the nine, et yeah. cetera, right? Yeah, and um, the other thing too is, is like, uh, you know, mo- or I'll say, training montages are a staple, one of the Rocky franchise, but then definitely of sports films in general. You mm-hmm. have to have training montage, just yeah. what it is. Yeah, I think that this training montage for this film is probably one of the best in the franchise. Out of Ooh. all nine films. I don't know if I'd I go that I don't far. I don't know if I'd go that far. It was, I, it's it was pretty good. good. It was so hype. I wanted to run through a brick wall. Really? Yeah, oh, see, yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah. I, I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good, but it didn't like... Well, I can't I can't tell you why I liked it until we get into the spoiler wall because okay, there right, are right. Some, some plot points that happen the with, tie with it. it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, so for me, the training montage, I think it was a really good, uh, you know, plot, like a good story piece. Mm-hmm. It just it didn't hit me in the way where it was like I was ready to like go. Yeah. Where like a Rocky Four training, like that kind of montage hits. Well, and you I don't think hearts on fire. Go out there and fight some bears or something, right? Like you know. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. you're ever gonna beat Rocky Four or or the first Rocky for for training, training montage. montage. Yeah. yeah. The first one's really good. Too. Yeah. But oh. I mean, definitely out of all three Creed films, this is definitely the best one. I think. I think for the Creed films, absolutely. I, yeah, I think that's yeah. a safe yeah. bet. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like once you say in the franchise, you're on. You're I, I said one of the best. You're in dangerous. You're dangerous territory. Just let you know. <laughs> All right. So, would you recommend this movie to people to watch? Uh yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I mean, that's the thing, though. Is you have to watch two other films to see this film. Sure. And yeah, you need you need pieces here. Or you're not going to understand. What's well, going I was going to say, I, I think you could you could potentially go into this not having watched the first two and still understand what's going on, but oh, you're not you going to have as much an, um, connection to the, the, the side characters. The, the tertiary yeah. characters are not going to click the way they should. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. the, the main draw, it does not involve them, but just like every now and then. Yeah. Right. So having seen the first two, you're, you're prepared for, for this movie. Yeah, and um, you're definitely going to get it, but uh, I mean, if you have... If you liked even remotely the first two films, go and watch this one. It is absolutely worth seeing, and you really get to have a good amount of just emotions out of it. Guys, we don't, we got to talk about our Patreon picks poll. Oh, we do? Oh, we do. We didn't it's mention March. it. It's March. I didn't no. even mention it. Oh, my gosh. What are we thinking? What are we doing? <laughs> What's wrong with us? Okay, so in the month of March, we are doing a Patreon picks poll. So that means anybody at the $1 and up tier on our Patreon can vote on an episode that we're going to do, a review, that patrons get early access to before it hits the main feed, right? This month's theme is, what would you call it? Like 80s movies that eight, scarred children? Yeah, pretty yes. much, yeah. How to scar an 80s child? How to scar an 80s child. <laughs> and 
two or hours or less. How to scar a child. Just yeah. remove the numbers. <laughs> so the four movies we have up to vote on are Labyrinth, mm-hmm. Legend, The Dark Crystal, and The NeverEnding Story. Nailed it. Uh, all of those are are pretty traumatizing. Extremely. As a, as a child, absolutely. So if you want to, $1. Get in there. Take a vote. We'll definitely cover that and have fun with and one we, of those. And we greatly appreciate the support. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. We love everyone who's been doing giving us their continual support. Yep. Yeah, and if you want to check out any other episodes we have, go to spoilersintendedpodcast.com. We got a whole back catalog there. Catalog, not catalog. Catalog. <laughs> catalog. <laughs> uh, Andrew, talk about the Discord. I, I mean, we have uh, Discord. We have tons of channels that we obviously talk about stuff on the podcast with. We have spoiler channels if you want to talk about you know weekly episodes. But we also have other really fun things. You know. Uh, hobby channels, you know, what we're listening to, all sorts of other fun stuff. So definitely go and check us out. Uh, we we like to try and talk as much as we can. So oh, yeah. A lot, yeah. a lot of interaction. There's spoilers, spoiler hubs for ongoing shows, yeah. etc. Yep. for people to talk. Uh, we also have links to our socials and we are old men so we have facebook we have instagram and that's it that's all, you get. That's all we get <laughs> that's all we do we don't tiktok we don't twitter uh if you want to follow us on facebook or instagram we at, at minimum we throw out posts every week about what we're covering if you want to keep up with the show and kind of uh, watch stuff prior to or know what's coming out coming your way uh, along with some other great stuff out there you know teasers all kinds of random things yeah yeah so check it out And we are back from the ad break. Yeah, right? Yeah, we're crossing the spoiler wall. We are now crossing the spoiler wall. I always want to say we're back from the spoiler wall, but the spoiler wall is now. We We build the the spoiler wall between us (laughs) and the people from the first half of the episode, and we all jump over it. See, the key here is you can't visit the spoiler wall. The spoiler wall visits you. (laughs) It's built around you. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so if you have not seen Creed 3 and you don't want spoilers, this is your time to leave. If you have seen Creed 3 or you just don't care about spoilers, then you can stick along and listen to the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, So before we get into spectacle and all of our normal stuff, I'm going Mm -hmm. to go just a little bit into some trivia here. Uh, so Michael B. Jordan is a huge anime fan. He's worked on um, uh, a lot of like, I'll say anime adjacent um, works. Genlock okay. uh, being one of them through Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what in, else other than that? Uh, that's the only thing I know of that I would say is like, anime adjacent. Yeah. Anime adjacent. Does he have other? Um, um, there was one more. I'd have to look. Andrew okay. called yeah, out on a limb, man. Don't break out the sock. <laughs> no, I was genuinely curious. Was like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so in yeah. multiple interviews um, with you know stuff for the the press junket for Creed Three, mm-hmm. um, he has mentioned a, a bunch of uh, I'll say shonen style anime um, as inspiration for. Um, a lot of, I'll say, elements in Creed 3. And for the non-weebs listening, what is the shonen style? Uh, shonen yeah. is uh, general, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Naruto, Naruto. Uh, stuff that has... One Piece, Bleach. Yeah, stuff that deals with, like, fighting. Yeah, long-running um, shows. Yeah, really long-running shows that that generally appease to younger teenage boys. Gotcha. Is kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he mentions uh, Hajime no Ippa, which is one that I mentioned on... Um, that's, the, uh, that's the boxing one, right? Where that, the that guy, the guy goes one. out and punches the yep. cicadas? <laughs> I believe that's correct. Yes. Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hajime no Ippo, Megalobox, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto. Um, there are definitely a couple punches and fights in the mm-hmm. in the show, especially in the final final fight yeah. that um, are very reminiscent of some anime styling and um, some different types of moves and stuff. Not like they don't have superpowers, but, uh, you know, 
It's, it's pretty close. cool. That's yeah. the closest thing. Muscles are cool. almost a superpower, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, and, you know, kind of speaking on the anime stuff, because, you know, mm-hmm. that's my shtick, right? No. Uh, <laughs> what? No, no uh, one would ever know this. I didn't in think the, you ever watched anime. In the flashback for Adonis's room no, in 2002. Don't take this from me. This no. is my fun fact. Oh, no. I have so many facts. Oh, no. Uh, so in 2002, uh, whenever he's basically faking sleeping before he can, uh, he can kind of sneak yeah, out, to out to go with to Damien. Uh, you get to see a couple different fun things, uh, little Easter eggs for anime in his room. He have a, okay. a, he has a Naruto poster. He has a Lupin the Third poster. He also nice. has a Gunpla um, kind of sitting on his desk. However, <laughs> oh boy. there are some incorrect things here. <laughs> Actually. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Don't so, weeb this. So, oh, so no. this, is, this is me pushing up my glasses. Oh. <laughs> they were already pushed up. How no. are they going further? <laughs> Uh, so Naruto, uh, this is 2002. He's glasses. How do you push him up further? <laughs> Actually. Uh, so this is 2002 for the flashback, right? Uh-huh. Naruto did not air in the U.S. until 2005. Got so, him. Wait, hold on, but when did it air in Japan? It aired in Japan in 2002. So that just means he's a super nerd. Huge. Okay, weed. well, no, but see, this is he's the... Out, he's out at he's his local corner, local corner store where he's picking up the DVDs that come in the brown bag. So know? that is entirely possible. However, <laughs> the <sighs> gun plot that he has on his desk is a perfect, great, astray red Kai. Red, red frame. Everyone knows uh, what that is. It, it, you don't have to know what it is. All you have to know I is that it came out in 2009. I can't believe that we're getting into the inaccuracies. And then Gundam Seed did not come out until 2002 in Japan, and it didn't even come into the U.S. until 2004. I can't so, believe so Michael B. Jordan isn't a weeb is what you're saying. <laughs> Andrew is out here ready to gatekeep Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, if you're listening to this, this you guy, should come to Alabama and fight in Andrew. In this movie, gave us don't the most the Michael B. Jordan. This dude gave us some of the most anime fights ever, like nods to thing, and Andrew's like, well, yes, but the gunpla on his desk in the flashback was incorrect. Zero out of ten. <laughs> Michael B., if you're listening to this, I love you. You're a great actor and a director. You did a fantastic job. Hey, Please don't beat me up. You did a really good job directing this movie. It did. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to Spectacle. Also, what are you doing with your life? Why are you listening to this? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if you listen to it, maybe, we, maybe this will be our break. Oh, yeah. Keep dreaming. <laughs> Anyways, Michael B., please like and share. <laughs> Text to all your famous friends. Spectacle, please. (laughs) Okay, so we're moving into spectacle. Uh, I'll go ahead and start with this. Okay. I I thought this was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Really beautifully shot. Mm -hmm. There are some really great, um, I mean, definitely the fight scenes were really good, really punchy, really quick. Um, And I'm not going to talk about the, I'll say the anime fight scene at the end where they kind of go into boxing time. So we Mm. have bullet time, we have boxing (laughs) time now. But that first fight where he's like, uh, is it Conlon? And he's yeah. like noticing the body, like in his slow. Oh, yeah. I love, I love oh, that this is clip. cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the use of slow mo in this was really yeah. good, mm-hmm. uh, very sparing. But whenever he, whenever it was used, it was fantastic. Yeah, especially the uh, the Dragon Ball Z punch at the end yeah. when Damien hits him in the stomach, and you see all the sweat and water. Yeah, like, I was waiting for his hand to come back. Didn't happen. But I, I really loved. I, I just have to go back to the training montage. Okay. It was just like I loved the way that they portrayed um, a lot of the the emotions, not through talking or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I, th- I thought he did a really good job at kind of portraying a lot of that just through composition and stuff. You did get uh, whenever he was finishing the montage at the end, you know, he's triumphant. He's up on the ridge looking over L.A. Yeah. You get the basically the dichotomy with him and Rocky. the original Rocky. Right. Yep. I love that. That was a great addition. Yeah. Uh, I. I just, when again, it I gave it him great. his own 
in, in visual style of like, I'm not in Philadelphia. I'm yep. a different person. This is a mm-hmm. different franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause you know, the first Creed, we get him in Philadelphia still doing, you know, a kind of a Rocky, you know, homage, stuff, yeah. Yeah. but, and then, you know, in the second Creed is back in LA and this time now we get the full version of LA. It's absolutely Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What, what did you guys think? Uh, so I, I liked the spectacle a lot, especially for me. Like, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, there's a lot of, like, really well shot parts. I think things between fights are pretty good. There's, like, a couple mm. scenes that are, like, pretty so, functional. Some, some of, of his them, shots were a little too tight for they me. They were. And I don't think it's, like, whoever the cinematographer is probably more responsible for yeah. a lot of that stuff. But yeah. there was definitely, and maybe it's just an IMAX thing. You know, it did feel framed a little close where yeah. I was, like, Maybe what they did on the IMAX print was they blew up the the dialogue scenes a little too much than mm-hmm. what they really should have. But uh, yeah, for me the fights are what stood out. Like yeah. I really liked that they shot it in IMAX. I liked that it you know took up the whole screen, and I really liked the last fight, the uh, yeah. the final fight when they get into like the the visuals start changing, the crowd drops out. And, yeah, like, the, the boxing the, time. The the jail cell like <laughs> the, the boxing drops zone. in. I was yeah. like, oh whoa, because that's something we've never seen in like any other Rocky or Creed movie. You know, it's like well, in the fight they do like something to that level. Well, and, and it's it's a very anime style. Oh, absolutely, of, yeah. Of, yeah. of kind of conflict because a lot of times, like especially like in boxing anime or sports anime, you really mm-hmm. have this kind of like zone in on just the two characters mm-hmm. and kind of like what their thoughts are and everything. And I'm really glad that he re- decided to remove. Um, them, them he, he essentially thinking. wanted to have subtitles of them thinking. Mm. During that fight, I'm glad he removed it's it very, because you very get a, anime thing to do. Yeah. Don't do that uh, here. Yeah, yeah don't sh- uh, show, don't tell. Yeah, right. Have them. No, please stop. Please stop. Stephen, what did you think of the spectacle? So, I liked it. I think they did some cool things. I really liked the bit where they're each in their own corner and it's kind of like fading in and out of them as they're them oh, and their kids, like their, yeah. kids, like their oh, preteen yeah. look or that their teenage really look. Because cool. I guess. Damien's driving. He's a teenager. But yeah. their, their teenage look versus their adult look. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a good – because, again, we're, we're, we're just pounding down on the emotional stakes of this mm-hmm. fight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think the first Creed spoiled me in the sense of that one shot was on a fight <laughs> that wasn't, like, crazy important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now every Creed, I'm just like, give me a one shot in a big fight. You didn't do it, Carrie. Give me a one shot in a big fight. You didn't do it. Like I want that. Yeah. In the sense, because I've been, I've been, I've had that taste, and I just want more. Yeah. And that's not to say that what they're doing here is bad. Like the the first fight in this movie where they're doing the slow mos, where you can see him looking and seeing the opening, and then setting himself up to make use of it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like watching that happen was like that was great. I was that is something I want to see in a boxing movie. Yeah. Uh, the big emotional climax here with our final fight was well done. The The crowd falling away got me at first. Yeah. Because I'm so used to... Well, it's, it's a little jarring. Well, I'm so used to Creed where they have probably the best representation or the best transition from a film to a sports broadcast. Oh, man. They did yeah, a, they do a really great job. job with that. Oh, the, when they did like the, the 30, 30 to 30 <laughs> or whatever. Kind of <laughs> it was like Showtime or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, that was great. And then they did this in the fight. And it's kind of like, oh, that was weird. I was like, I like it. <laughs> it was weird. Like I didn't. This is not what I expected. I didn't Wolf expect it. Film. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you you also get like the kind. I'm not even gonna say shaky cam, but it like it's okay. No, there was it's some like shaky a POV cam, cam that needed to that like follows with like the punches and stuff. That was a little much, and I yeah. think that's kind of where some of the uh, I'll say rough around the edges mm-hmm. of yeah. directorial style kind of is showing there. Yeah. But I want you know it's one of those things where it's like I want to watch you experiment and kind of figure this out. Yeah. And uh, like I mean I thought I did a fantastic job. So my yeah. I think my thing you know in terms of like takeaways of keep these things lose these things right. Yeah. 
is going forward, I didn't mind, like the actual POV stuff was good. I like mm-hmm. that. And, and it having a little bit of shake makes sense. Yeah. But there were a couple of times when we were, you know, a, a, a third spectator in a corner of the ring and they were fighting and there's a little shaky cam. Like, I don't need that. I want to see <laughs> yeah. the punches. I want to watch, I want to see yeah. stuff land. I want to see the, you know, the strategy changes as you're, you know, parry, block, come mm-hmm. in, jab, jab. Yeah, your you footing's know. changing. Yeah, I, I want to see like, the shifts. Yeah. So I want to see that happen. Because this is, you know, this is the kind of movie where this is your best shot of seeing kind of that love and appreciation of boxing as a science. Yeah. And so, like, that's that's what I'm looking for in these fights, especially that first fight where we're seeing him being really scientific and really, you know, he goes back to his corner and his manager is in his face. Like, you know, what you're letting him do this. What are you doing? You get in there. And he's like, I got that. I got like, I got the yeah. I have it figured out. I know what's happening. You mm-hmm. know, I love that. That felt like a real evolution of him as a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing yeah. that on on film was was pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. So let's move on to performance, uh, which is um, uh, I thought everyone did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I said it, you know, pre-spoiler wall, but I think Jonathan Majors continues the, to be just a great actor. The guy is yeah. just ridiculous, like, right? I looked My up God. his IMDb and I'm like, there's a lot of movies on here I haven't seen yet that I definitely now have like a high interest in checking out. I mean, if you haven't tried out Lovecraft Country, definitely. I haven't. Like, yeah, I've is, heard good stuff. He did that. a fantastic job as the as the main character for that. And so, I feel like, well, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so in these, because you, so you've seen that. Mm-hmm. So he's the main character. So he's not the villain. He's not the spoiler. No. Good. Because that's that is the one thing having come from, you know, uh, Loki, Ant-Man, and now this is yeah. I want to see him in something where he is not the villain slash spoiler slash you know the jerk. Yeah, right? I want to see him yeah. get to be something else on screen. So there's that's a, a good uh, call. There's a western on Netflix, Harder They Fall. I think mm-hmm. it's got Idris Elba, him, and uh, some other people. And okay, yeah, you got me already. Two or three <laughs> people at work have told me when I was talking about how good he was in this movie, they were like, "Have you seen that on Netflix?" And I was like, "No." They're like, "It's a western." Yeah. He's in it, and apparently he's really good in that. Now, I don't know. He could be the villain in that. He could yeah. be. Yeah. I, I, I haven't watched a trailer for it, but I've just that's been recommended to me. But back to this movie. I think uh, Michael Beat is pretty good as Creed. Again, I think in a movie with next to Jonathan Majors, it's tough to like rise above, but he does really good. I think the dynamic, like you were saying, with having the daughter in there. Oh, my gosh. Elevated it on another level for me. Because, yeah. like, in the first two, you know, it is hard to root for Adonis sometimes. It because is. he is mm-hmm. his own worst enemy. He's got a chip on his shoulder. But like in this one, seeing like his interactions with his daughter and just the performance from the little girl, the yeah. daughter, so, uh, fantastic. So Mila uh, my, Davis my, Kent yeah. is actually deaf in real life. Okay, I was wondering oh, about that. Wow, okay. She did really good. Of like, I was like, if she's not deaf, she clearly did a lot of a lot yeah. of yeah homework on that. But yeah, no, yeah. she she is um, she is deaf in real life. Okay, cool. And, um, I mean, not awesome. cool, but you know, right. yeah, no, it's cool to see that they cast the casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they they did learn sign language. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously to make it as you know realistic as possible and stuff. Yeah. Uh, however, she did say that um, this is more of a plot point that um, if she was in the situation that she was in whenever her um, uh, classmate was picking on her, she wouldn't have gone with violence. Mm. Um, she would have gotten a, an adult. No, violence is the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I think we moment. learned from this like movie that. that violence is absolutely Always the right the answer. answer. Yeah. Just learn how to plant yourself and follow yeah, through with the hips. She's, she's still yeah. young. Twist. She'll learn in time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's not jaded enough. But yeah, I. I, I, I agree with Ryan in that it's it's always going to be difficult when you're like, hey, we, we brought in Jonathan Majors and you're like the other main 
star, you're like, man, do I need to go take yeah. some classes or something real quick? Like, <laughs> I, uh, I think I think Michael B. did a fantastic job. He did. He did. Yeah. It's just I, I mean, opposite that. It's hard to be like, oh, yeah, Michael B.'s performance was so great. You know, Jonathan Majors was also there. It's it's always going to almost end up being yeah. the opposite yeah. of that. Well, and, and I think the, the best um, kind of example of that, or, or well, two best examples, is the beach scene. Where he, Jonathan Majors gets party. to just kind of monologue a little bit, being yeah. the villain. The villain, yeah. Uh, and then the after the fight in the locker room of Ooh, him, yeah. just, them both just kind of sitting there, mm-hmm. finally reconciling, and it was just like that just hits you right in the chest. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I was, I was crying. I'll admit it. Like it was just, it was one <laughs> of those things where it's like Andrew cries for anything. I was gonna say you cry for a lot of things, but yes, <laughs> I definitely got emotional right there. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think? I was going to shout out Felicia Rashad. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, about to mention Felicia I, Rashad. The 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 death, again, kind of mirrors Rocky Three with the death of Mickey. Yeah. Yep. In, in a way, like a very important person mm-hmm. in, in his life is dying. Not that she was his trainer. <laughs> and when it started and, like, you know, she's having that thing, when she slips and, like, calls him Apollo, yeah. it was like, oh, yeah. it hit hard. That scene hit. Oh. So uh, she did a fantastic job. I think that... That was one of my kind of knocks. Not not that scene, but mm-hmm. it just felt a little bit too abrupt. Even though they did mention the stroke kind of earlier on in the in the film, it would have been better if they had set some of that up in Creed Two. I think yeah, just to like, yeah. just to give a little bit more oomph to it. But I mean, it was still a, a I mean a phenomenal scene. You know, watching a beloved character yeah. pass away is really really sad, especially in that way. But yeah, um, well, and the impact it has on our main character. Yeah, Adonis. well, you know, because at this point he is at his lowest low. Well, and yeah. we've already had kind of the reveal where, you know, she made the decision she made to protect him. Yeah. That, that she viewed mm-hmm. as his best interest and, and the ramifications and repercussions of that are hitting now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I also – so I think this right here is where we benefit from Stallone not being in the film mm-hmm. because we get more – I think Tessa Thompson gets more to work with here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we get way more from her, which isn't a knock on her as an actress. It's just in the first two – she never really. She was always just a a, a tertiary, yeah, character. A, a character in a in a wide orbit here. Mm-hmm. Never. She a, was a almost central piece there in a lot of ways to support the story of Adonis, not right. have her own arc yeah. necessarily, or or, or just yeah. even be her own because like her interactions with Damien, like at the party and stuff, uh-huh. were yeah. great. Those were really good. Uh, I I got a shout out though, going right back to uh, Mila Davis Kent. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I thought her and. Uh, Michael B. is Adonis, their interactions were absolutely stellar and they were yeah. absolutely the kind of thing that we need to be able to root for Adonis as a character. Yeah. To like really finally sit down and say, I want to support this guy, right? I want him to mm-hmm. succeed. And I think not not knowing that they actually had cast an, an actress who's deaf. Yeah. Uh, I think the way they handled the sign language and your know, straight up subtitles, there was no. The, yeah, the subtitling was fantastic. Yeah, I, th- was I great. thought that was yeah. a, a great call. It was a great way to handle it, and it worked very well. And also, it let us have kind of quiet moments, even if the moment itself isn't quiet. Yeah. It became its own kind of emotional quiet moment between the two of them because there's just no dialogue happening. It's it almost just well, them working. Yeah, whenever you pay attention more, yeah. almost dial well, in, yeah. Well, definitely whenever, you know, she's learning how to punch the right way oh, the yeah, first time. Yeah. Really good. I, I also have to shout out Wood Harris. Um, he's the uh, Duke, the trainer, yeah. Duke, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've I loved him since yeah. um, uh, the first Creed. Rem- no, Remember the Titans. Oh, Thank yeah. you very much. I forgot he was in that. Um, Who is he in uh, uh, he was Julius. 
Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that's who I, that's how I know him from. And, okay. right. um, uh, but he did a great job, you know, being the, um, I'll, I'll say the, the devil's advocate for like, Hey man, we don't need to be using Dame as a, as a trainer yeah. or a sparring, a sparring partner, partner yeah. for, um, well, but he's the voice of logic here. Yeah, right? he is. And Whereas Adonis is operating on all the, the past decision, the, the guilt and whatnot. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And we'll get to that in plot, plot. here in oh, just yeah. a minute. Uh, but yeah, so let's, let's move on to, um, some, perf- or score. score, score. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the score was fine, um, mm-hmm. for the most part. I, so this is, I think a lot of the songs were a little bit too explicit, um, uh, if, yeah, there there is a lot of n bombs in in there like are. in like two or three different um, songs in there, which I think is kind of a barrier of entry for a lot of people. And remind me, with Creed two and one, they didn't really have a ton of explicit songs, did they? No, no. not really. I mean, they it, maybe had one. Even even right. uh, I, Bianca Tessa Thompson's yeah. character, even her mm-hmm. like her songs that were performed in those were not. I don't think yeah, they were ever I, really. Yeah. And I, I, I had that thought when I was watching the movie, but I, I thought maybe I'm just misremembering the first two, but because I, I didn't, I couldn't it, remember, but I, I didn't think they had as many explicit yeah. songs. But yeah, it was, it was definitely one of those where, um, like, I mean, I don't, you know, I'll listen to explicit songs all day, but, sure. uh, it was, it when it's explicit. <laughs> <laughs> there were, I mean, there were just a couple, like, it was like, wow, this is, this is really explicit and it's it kind of out of place. Yeah. yeah. And it felt yeah. a little out of place. Um, yeah. but I'll definitely say the, the montage song again, I'm going to harp on it again. Yeah. It was great. No, the mon like I went back and listened to the soundtrack mm-hmm. earlier today just to, you know, get it in my head. Yeah. Cause I, I will say there was a lot, there wasn't a lot in here that like stuck with me. But, I, but pulling up the soundtrack, I knew I was like, well, I want to hear the montage again. And, right. and the finale song. I was going to say the finale song. Whenever he, song. like, gets up. Yeah. And you, like, the... So like that, the uh, bum, bum, yeah. that... That track and the the um, montage are similar. They have yeah. some of the same mm-hmm. musical cues in them. And those, to me, stood out way above everything else. They everything did, else yeah. was almost just, like, set dressing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it yeah. worked. It fit the mood. That's cool. It was but just like, part of the scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. When, when those songs hit, it was like... Oh man, yeah. Like, let's <laughs> like go. this is it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We never, we never really got a lot of kind of what I would call like their classic Rocky. Yeah, hits. I mean, you, yeah. Get, you get a little motif at the oh, end a little of bit, yeah. a little bit, but it's they definitely strayed further and further mm-hmm. away from I'll say the the traditional Rocky themes for this one, kind of the franchise classics. Yeah, so well, you, I think the, the problem is that like Creed itself doesn't really have as iconic of a theme to play on like it Rocky yeah. does. I would love I would have loved it if in the first two they started working in like they, a they, new they Creed established theme. something yeah. where they really like yeah. they they build off the Rocky theme, they add Creed in, they then they gradually build Creed out of it. Because yeah. again, yeah. to compare it directly to Rocky Three because I just rewatched it. <laughs> like they in that movie have a lot of the callbacks to the original Rocky mm-hmm. theme and stuff. But then they've added an Eye of the Tiger in that movie. Mm-hmm. They harp on it quite a bit. But like they use it and it's like the new thing and then they also know when to go to the old Rocky yeah, when themes to go and like the sad song mm-hmm. and the Adrian theme. You know, like they have all that stuff in their pocket, but then they throw in like right. new stuff. I wish this movie had kind of done more of that. I've had like more, even if it's just like a remix ish of like the Rocky theme or something to give yeah. it like a little bit more um, thematic musical depth throughout it and continuity. Cause it really felt like not temp tracks, but just like a lot of the, the, the songs in between just felt like this is here to fill this scene up, not because this has to be the song that's in this, this shot. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So let's move on to the plot. Oh boy, which is going to be plot, the, plot. you know probably the the largest section. There's a chunk to discuss here. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so I'm curious. I, I've started the last one. I'm, what, yeah. do, what do you guys? Let's let start? Stephen go first. I don't think. He's oh, going y'all first let me yet. go first. Yeah. Ooh, what a mistake. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, uh, you know, completely ignoring Rocky for the film, it works for the plot of the film. And if, I think if there weren't two other films prior to this, it would have worked better. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's totally fine. Just because he was it's such just, an integral part for the other two. It's such a piece. And and when we get into entertainment, I've got, I'm going to propose my my alterations that I think yep. would have elevated us a little bit. But Rocky is a ghost, and he follows him around. No, Steven absolutely just has his, not. You know, 20-page fan fiction Absolutely not. It's called Ghost Rock. It's like yeah, Ghost Dad. Fully <laughs> uh, So the biggest thing, the biggest piece of the plot. He, he just helps him speed bag. <laughs> slowly <laughs> know, and, and sen- sensually. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, it's like ghost, like Patrick Swayze. I'm just now getting what you're doing. <laughs> did, did it take that? You said, oh, come on, man. I was thinking ghost dad with like Bill no, Cosby. Uh, He's over here like moving his hands ghost. around a pot. And I'm like, what are yeah. you doing? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I love it now. I'm on board. Okay. He's massaging his muscles. Yeah. Stop. Just Whoopi stop. Goldberg can see him and she's it. Please stop. <laughs> okay. Steven, what were you saying? <laughs> Good Lord. Oh. So I think, again, we're going to come from Creed 2 where mm-hmm. we have Adonis kind of preserve his title on a technicality. Yeah. yeah. And then going into this one where Damien basically just gets away with murder in the ring with no consequences. Yeah, and it's, it's Rocky Four again, mm-hmm. but no one right. dies. Right. But, but see, <laughs> yeah. Rocky Four is it's what, what uh, Draco does is totally legal. What... Uh, Damien is doing. I mean, he throws an elbow. Like he's borderline, like mixed martial artsing in the ring, and well, it's like he throws an elbow. And what he's doing is he keeps punching the elbow. Yeah, he keeps he keeps hitting the joints. Yeah, which is not really kosher. But he also like in the last fight, man, he mm-hmm. throws some below the bell hits left. Like he even gets a little warning. But it's like it felt really weird to come from Creed Two, where like we we preserve a title on disqualification uh-huh. yeah. and then Damien is just in here like you know I just throw whatever I feel like the ref don't look at this ref I feel like the refs in all the Rocky movies and the Creed movies with the exception blind. of the one DQ have <laughs> right. let a lot of stuff go that you're like okay I well, feel like that would they, they've let stuff go but I don't know if they've ever if it's ever felt this blatant mm. like the uh, the elbow especially was just like okay like well, well mm. definitely the I mean like they do admonish him for that yeah but, but like, the but him hitting the el- hitting, him hitting the other guy's elbow that's not technically illegal not, no no that's not technically illegal but like the the below the belt shots yes. and mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's also like a the bell dings and he gets one or two shots in after the bell mm-hmm. and stuff like that where it's like this is this is kind of like we're building up a body of work here where you would be in trouble. Well, and I think it really shows. I mean, obviously, like you know, up we're, until this no, point, narratively, yeah. we're driving home who Damien is a, as a wolf a, in sheep's clothing, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, yeah. And I think that's important. It just plot like for like a reasonable plot wise it feels felt really weird it, it felt a little disbelief dollar yeah you, a little know, you bit. gotta you gotta take out a little bit of a loan and then yeah. the whole bit of like he gets the fight because he basically like hires his prison buddy to put a hit in on drago at yeah. the party like that is so incredibly obvious and catchable like, even the lapd would 
would bust that in a couple of days. Like there's a text message. Like it's <laughs> it's one of those things where like when it happened, it was like, whoa, like this, was this like, you know, like Ukraine sending out a hit on Drago or something? Like what's yeah, going on? And right. then when the, when the shoe dropped, it was like, oh, that's stupid. <laughs> like, well, you, but you, it you, makes you, sense you, though because like what kind of connections would he have other than ones from prison? prison uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the, the idea that, again, the wolves and sheep's clearly, like, he's the one driving this, mm. that – narratively is good for the emotional crux well, of the, the plot. I will say the thing that I liked about that, though, is they didn't give it away until after they, everything they, was they done. They held yeah. it for a long time, yeah, and that yeah. was good. Uh, I just, I feel like they could have done that in a more believable manner. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say, again, within the plot, everything between Michael B. Jordan, and you know what, actually, I'm going to re- rewind this for a second. Let's go back to performance real quick. <laughs> I don't know, if, I don't uh, have their names for me, but our two Teenage actors for young Damien, young oh, Adonis. Me, I, can, mm-hmm. I can look those up. They, yeah. you know, like there are moments when we're like, we're going to have the kids. The kids are the only thing on the screen. It's like, ugh. Those two, they, they carried it. They did a great job. Yeah. I think they did a great job of building us up and giving us pieces for the two, our two adults. They did. Mm-hmm. To they work did with. really good casting those two, two actors. Yeah, they did yeah. a great, they did a great job with that all around. Uh, so Spence Moore the second um, is Damien. Damien's younger self, mm-hmm. and then Thaddeus J. Mixon is Adonis. Okay, well, they both did a great job. Yeah, both very and, good names too. Okay. And I feel like the are Spen- Spence Moore the second. Yeah, right. Thaddeus James Nixon. <laughs> they got some names. I feel like the play between the flashbacks and what was currently happening was really well balanced. Yeah, there's a lot of times I can't remember. We did a review here where they're where we were complaining because they just dropped a flashback on us in the middle of the movie. It's, and called, we were like, it's called Glass Onion. Was it? Oh, it's Glass Onion. Oh, it <laughs> oh, was. Yeah. Well, we were like, okay, this is a 30 <laughs> second flashback, a minute flashback, ten. 15-minute flat? How long is this flat? Get ready for the rest of the movie. (laughs) Seriously. So I think they did a really good job handling that here Mm -hmm. of both kind of withholding information for us and giving us an idea of something happened here and I'm not going to like it, but I don't know what it is, but I want to find out. They did did a a really good good job with that. Like breadcrumbs along the way to keep you interested and engaged, but not giving showing too much of their hand before it was time for it to... I really liked that the final crux of it was not that Damien killed someone. It's just right. he, he just yeah. got thrown in prison because, you know, he was just already – he already had priors, that he, kind of thing. He already had a rap. Yeah, and the, yeah. the real guilt for Adonis was that he just ran. And he, yeah, he, he never just, followed he, up. He just no never followed up. And, yeah. and I, I thought that was such a fantastic way to add in – not, not going to say survivor's guilt, but just this, this guilt yeah. that he's kept for, you know, 20-something-odd years – and now he finally is confronted with it, and you know, he just doesn't know what to do because he's like, "Well, do I am I do I need to be nice to this guy? Right. You know, do I need to give him what he wants? Yeah, how you know? do I how do I handle this? Yeah, and well, he has all this conflicting information coming from the people around him, mm-hmm. like Duke and yeah. uh, his mother, et cetera. And, th- and that that whole plot line I thought was executed really well because it didn't feel cliche. It didn't feel no, like no. the cliche version is like. He shot a dude to protect Adonis. Yeah. And he took the rap for it. And then, mm-hmm. like, you know, it would have played out like we've seen in a bunch of stories. This was way more nuanced and felt more real because it was like, oh, he didn't shoot someone. He just pulled the gun out. Yeah. yeah. And then Adonis just ran and then just never followed up. Like, that felt more mm-hmm. like, well, there, in, a, in, a, in a Law and Order episode, it would have been like, you know, Damien would have shot somebody and Adonis would have flipped on him. And that's yeah. why he went to jail. Yeah. Or, you know so what I mean? That's what I thought. Was, I was like, come on, man. Don't make Adonis a snitch. Like, right. I'm, try, I'm trying yeah. to like this character yeah. at this point. Exactly. Uh, I, but yeah, I, I felt it felt very new and fresh. 
Mm-hmm. And and also for for uh, definitely a formula of a of a sports film that you know you're just used to seeing, and you yeah. you are we know how it's going to end. He's going right. to win. We know how this works. <laughs> right. But yeah. like the the actual that plot between the two main characters felt it felt new. It felt fresh. It felt real, mm-hmm. especially in the sense of kind of them. Not just the conflict between them, but also the conflict between themselves and their past selves. Right? They're forgiving themselves for, like, you know, at the end of the movie, they're saying, well, "You know, we are just kids." Yeah, you know, yeah. like that was like, like you can't carry, you know, twenty years for being a dumb kid who ran away, or for being a dumb kid who reacted when he ran into the the dude who used to beat him as a kid. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like yeah. I, that felt really good. I like mm-hmm. that was really well done. Well, in the uh, sorry, so, go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna say the the one plot point that I really really enjoyed was the after the final fight scene mm-hmm. where they he went in there and they had kind of the heart to heart and mm-hmm. kind of like resolved it. You never get that in a Rocky movie. You never get that kind of catharsis almost ever after a fight. It's yeah. always like, I won. Seen at the house credits. Yeah, you the, know, fight, like, the <laughs> fights are never this personal. No, and yeah. so because it was personal, it felt really good to have that kind of. But it wasn't too saccharine and cheesy. Of like they didn't like. Oh, it felt and so. Say, Come join us yeah. in the, our locker room. <laughs> We're gonna party all night because I beat you. It was like very <laughs> like. Listen, man, I'm here if you need me. And yep. it was like and that's m- it. Yeah, that was it. So I like that the. The part where I was talking about earlier where I really missed Rocky was at the funeral. Yeah. After Felicia Rashad passed away, I was like, there's he, no he way be there. that yeah. the yeah. character that Rocky is, who went to great lengths in the first two Creed movies, you know, mm-hmm. to, to be there for this this guy, would just not even show up. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? For a funeral of someone he did know. He knew Apollo's wife. And there, you know, there wasn't the day. even like, a mention of him, no. of like why he wasn't there or anything like that. And not I definitely agree with that. Yeah, Phone that, call, that stood out nothing. quite a bit. That that was the one big moment where I was like, okay, they should have at least got a Rocky cameo. there. But then like I, even, even, sta- even cliche back, the, you know, stand, stand leaning against to, the tree. Yeah, leaning against the tree with the hat. With the and hat then, yeah, you yeah. don't even have to see his face. But it does, it does, Raise the question though, because like I do kind of feel like if you have Rocky in the movie and he's just in like one tiny scene as a cameo, that almost feels worse. Telling you, I'm telling you, I have a solution for all these problems. <laughs> okay, well I just want to say mine. I, uh, that was just, my just, point. Just, it was just like I, I I felt like that's the one scene where I missed mm-hmm. Rocky. It was like it feels weird that he's not a part of this moment. Yeah. Other parts, I think he could have gotten the way. What's he gonna do? Give Adonis like advice on how to patch up things with old friends? You know, Paulie one time. You know, like, <laughs> I guess he could, that that would have been weird and felt like, it would have yeah. taken time away from other stuff but yeah okay so steven what are your solutions oh no no, no, no. I, I feel like it's more of an entertainment thing honestly okay okay we, we can move into entertainment i mean right. have, we, you, I, have you gotten enough well i mean I, i've i've pretty much covered everything that you guys have covered yeah. i think i mean okay we're we just gonna kick this off with me me you know fan fiction yeah this? yeah go here we go entertainment give us the fan fiction all right so my solution to this problem is right creed one mm-hmm. we have rocky has he's diagnosed right yes okay so creed three he's dead Yep, okay. Yeah. Easy solution. Well, because sure. it's not it's not said in the film. Great fan fiction. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> but it's never said in this film of is he still alive? Or yeah, like, yeah. For all we know, he's laying on the couch in Philly with a beer, and he turns on the TV. He's like, "Oh, Adonis is fighting. What? Oh, he's back in boxing. What's going on? You know, like, yeah, because yeah. uh, this guy's not on the internet. He's yeah, like, yeah, you know, he's not. <laughs> so he's over there feeding the turtles. So what I think would have really worked here is after. Uh, his mother passes away and we have the funeral, mm-hmm. right? Because one of our plot points here is that he has all these problems and he won't talk to you know his wife about it. He yep. won't talk. If we had gotten a scene that, again, it's a callback to Creed 1 and Creed 2 of him in a cemetery and he pulls out a chair and he sits down and it's Rocky's tombstone. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and he starts ooh, talking to him oh, yeah. with his problems, like what's going on with his life, yada yada. Oh my right? goodness! Right? Don't see how easy don't do this that is. To me. And he sits there and he and he kind of plays this out. And this is his moment to be one. It's, it's Michael B's moment to be on screen himself, dominate this scene. Yeah, this is his and, scene. And the whole play film. out play out some of his problems, his fears, what's going on in his life. It, it helps the audience. It connects us back to the other films, mm. right? And like you get this moment for him to really. Be there in the scene, you know, give me some tears, give me whatever. Yeah. And then he can come back and he's put some of his stuff, stuff on to, the shelf. Stuff on the shelf now. It's it's talked through once. He comes back, yeah. you know, his yeah. wife confronts him. Like, we, like hey, you, you know, like, get, do what you got to do. You got to be talking about it. And then maybe that's, the, you know, the scene where she mm-hmm. says that, where he's talking to her. He's able to bring out some. And that's why he's bringing some of it out. Oh, yeah, see. Okay. Because wow. then you have, yeah. you have a perfect callback to the mentor. You put that storyline to bed. We don't have to wonder why Rocky isn't here or mm-hmm. anything, and he doesn't yeah. have to be in the film. It's just a it's just a right. brick in the dirt with his name on it, right? Yeah. Like easy, boom, done. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, like behind the scenes, if Sylvester Stallone was fighting not to have Rocky killed off in this script, it's possible. Or if I mean, you don't, you just don't yeah. know what yeah. what the production stuff is. You know, for all we know. You know, Stallone's like, oh, yeah, you can use my name. And the producer's like, we have other plans for Rocky. He's not dying here. You know, you just don't know. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. If he doesn't have control, you, know, you just don't know. Hollywood's going to Hollywood at the end right. of the day. And, you know. But I agree. That would have been a perfect oh, solution. That would have been great. Like, yeah. I had that thought because I knew Stallone wasn't in the film. Yeah. And I had kind of in the back of my head of what if they pulled this razzle-dazzle on us? Like, if they dropped on me, I don't know. Maybe I, like, have a tear or two here, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and it didn't happen. I was kind of like, man, I wish I hadn't thought about that because I, I would have <laughs> enjoyed more. I would Instead of waiting to see if that happened, I would have enjoyed more of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, wow. Uh, going from that to, uh, to what my <laughs> entertainment point was is a, a whole different thing. Uh, so I really loved um, one of my favorite sports tropes is you have the initial – Bad guy slash foe, mm-hmm. yeah, and then they become a friend, right. and then they become Vegeta. Is the, then they then they help you, mm-hmm. yeah. And having Drago come back in to help oh, train yeah. Michael B. Oh yeah, it felt good. Great. Oh, it felt so good. Well, also their their interactions where like Adonis isn't really you know keeping up with them, and he gets that big. Uh, kind of like hit pushing, it on yeah. him, and he's like, "Hey, you know, if you're not, he's like, no, 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 we're still fighting." Yeah, well, well and I, I love that. You know, at the end of the montage, they both take off their their headgear, and they're mm-hmm. like, "No, no, no, we're going to do this for real now." Yeah, yeah. it's like it's heating up. Yeah. yeah, and again, not to keep comparing it to Rocky Three, but I just watched it. Like <laughs> when him and Apollo are training, and Apollo comes back in, it's very similar in that, like. Rocky's not giving it his all, and yeah. Apollo's like, "Come on, man!" And this one, Drago's like, "What are you doing, dude? Mm-hmm. Come on!" Like, it's this, like, "I know you're better than this." Yeah, you're the guy that beat me. How? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. So I, I like. I also love that trope. Yeah, I, it's one of my favorite, just like sports tropes. Yeah. Just because you get like the rival energy still, because you you yeah. know, at, at the end of the day, and, and this actually happens a lot, like just in like competitive games and stuff like that, is mm-hmm. whenever you are playing at a higher level and you you play against someone and you play against them again, you play against them again you you even if you are always fighting each other you're still you build up this level of camaraderie and there's some there's some sportsmanship there's some shared connection yeah there there really is and because you have that you have this connection with only that person because you remember all those times and those those games that you played or those matches that you fought in that you that only you two can understand what happened then and When you have that and you bring that into a story, it really amps up a lot of those emotions. And that's just fantastic. Yeah. For me, it's always I just love seeing like someone like Drago Mm -hmm. be friends with 
Creed because yeah. it's like you just never would have thought that, like, <laughs> you know, your dad killed my dad. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get some drinks at this party or like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, I don't know. So not to repeat myself, I liked the movie. I think it definitely has flaws. There's of moments course. of it so, that, that don't hold up. But I, I overall really enjoyed it, and it's my favorite of, of the three Creed movies. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so my, my big thing here is I don't want to say that these are flaws, right? I just want to say that I feel like there was money out there they could have cashed in that they, that they didn't. That they didn't, yeah. Yeah, emo- like emotionally speaking, right? Yeah. Uh, another piece that I really wanted to see and that, again, I thought we were going to get because they kept harping on <laughs> – him with his daughter, right? The whole timing control thing. Mm-hmm. And then when he reaches this final fight, like they kind of built him up of like, no, you got to go in there. You got to be you know, ferocious and, and vicious and, you know, no fear. And then he's getting knocked down. And that fight like went a little fast for me in the sense that we did like the first couple rounds and it then it was round 12. And then it's like, yeah. Also, they didn't look very beat up at the end of it like they have in every other Rocky and <laughs> Creed movie Rocky, Rocky looks like he end. fought a wood chipper half the time. Yeah, they looked like they fought three rounds at the end. I was like, wait, what? And it was like yeah. at the end, I was like, yeah. hold on. I, this shouldn't be like their eyes are like mm. welded shut. And like, but yeah, yeah. I, could I, be. Cut really, <laughs> really wanted, not that, I, I like the practicality of it, I don't know if it would have worked, and it would have been an incredible sports cliche, right? Mm-hmm. But I really wanted him, like, you know, middle, midway, sixth, seventh, eighth round, you know, he goes down, we have the moment we get in the 12th round, yep, and he's looking around and his daughter signs at him, you know, timing and control, and that's the click moment of, oh, ooh, I need to win good. this fight as myself, not as the becoming another Damien. Yeah. I need to yeah. be who I am mm-hmm. and true to myself. And he goes back to the corner. It's like the first fight where Duke's in his face. He's like, no, I, I got this. I got that. And then we get a more solving the puzzle, solving the yeah. solution. Yeah. And Damien gets confused because he's used to aggressive, Aggr- yeah. right well, in I've, your face, in your front, not this other style. I've do pushed I, this guy's I, buttons. I've got him. Yeah. yeah. Out like I've like, got, yeah. I've got him playing my game and I'm going to win. You know, you know, it's the, the whole pigs thing. You get down the mud with the pigs. Well, they're going to win because they like it, right? That would have been great, know? too, if he's, like, sitting in the corner, like, not even knocked down, and he just, like, you know, they're they're giving him the water, and he just looks over, and the daughter's, like, signing it out. Yeah, like like the frantic like, signing, yeah. and it's just, like, the, the click moment. Because, again, we have that really good relationship to play on. Yeah. And yeah. we've had these kind of builds up where he's, like, we've seen him using, we've seen him teaching at these kinds of things. I I really, I honestly, I thought we were going to have that hit back. Mm-hmm. Man. This fanfic. Do, yeah, really do, do I like fan fiction? <laughs> I, listen, if, if it involves visiting a rocky tombstone and his daughter signing from the crowd, I'm on board. This yeah, is yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, so uh, great film. Yeah. I, I think it was totally worthwhile to see in theaters if you can go see it. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I mean, if not, you know, wait for it to come out on streaming. Still definitely worth watching. Oh yeah, I'm sure it'll be on Amazon pretty quick. Yeah, they, they spent a lot of money. They oh, sure yeah. did. Promoting I this mean, movie. overall. Great film, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I lost the train of thought. I had there. I had a good. I had a good last piece to give you, and I just uh, just kind of messed it up there. That's not great. Well, it's all good. Uh, yeah. So you know, as we're winding down, if you kind of think about it while you're while we're yeah. talking about our bit for Patreon picks, Patreon picks, Patreon picks, eighties <laughs> movies that scarred children. Yes, Andrew. What are the four movies? Uh, so we have Legend, Dark Crystal, Never Ending Story. And what was the other one? Labyrinth. That's Labyrinth. what it is. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> got, you got seen, David Bowie in it. Yeah, have you seen all of these movies? Uh, I have not seen The Dark Crystal or Legend. 
Okay, so two of you haven't yeah. seen. Stephen, you've I've seen, seen all four. I've yeah. seen. I've saw them multiple times. Okay. I was no, I was like the, before I was age five. Yeah, I've seen I was, like, I was, like, I was the child at age six where my parents were like, "Well, this is a family movie." Yeah, and then like the horses, the, the you horse know, I was like, "Oh yeah. god!" Yeah, so I, I'm excited to review any of these any movies. Of these. Yeah, but yeah, anyone at the one dollar tier and up can vote. So if you're not a patron, it's one dollar. Get in there, vote on it. If you are a patron and you haven't voted yet. Get in there. We, yep. we, the, a lot of people have already voted. I don't want to say who's in the lead, but like, let's just say it may not be your favorite film. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you, you never know. Make yeah, your voice heard. Got to get in there yeah. and influence it. I uh, thought, I thought of my point. Uh, what's your point? So <laughs> when when Michael B hit the screen for me, which was Killmonger yeah. in Black Panther, I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this guy's really good. I want to keep an eye on him, right? And now that he's hit the moment as a director, mm-hmm. it's like, this is good. This is a really, like, if this is your, your debut, this is a, we're starting at a, a strong point. I want to see this. I want to keep an eye. Right? On I want to see this build yeah. up. Right. That's, that was it. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so back to Patreon, yeah. um, you know, if you do sign up for the $1 tier, mm-hmm. um, you get a plethora of bonus episodes that we guarantee one, one time a month. Once a month. And then plus you get access to all of our previous bonus episodes we've already released. And we got like, a soda tier list, which is very a controversial, very controversial one, where we tried a bunch of sodas and ranked them. Some surprises, yeah, and some uh, some disappointments yeah, along some the way. Yeah, yeah. A couple disappointments. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if soda's not your thing, we also have a presidential fight club where we look at presidential portraits, no politics involved, and we decide if we can beat them up or not. Yeah, based off their portrait alone. Yep. And there are some hard decisions made in there <laughs> about would you use a wheelchair against him in a fight? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, or if Teddy D. Roosevelt could just. Beat the snot out uh, of you. you but know? the answer is yes. <laughs> so the, what we're trying to say, there's a lot of good content <laughs> <really> for one dollar. <laughs> Anyways, uh, also please, you know, if you like this show, leave us a review on whatever podcast service you listen to. If you have the ability to leave a review, leave us one. That helps us out a whole lot. And then it another does. thing that's a really simple way, if you can't afford the dollar, is just share it with a friend. Text mm-hmm. somebody. Send them a Facebook message. Do a TikTok about it, tell like a dance or something. Yeah, Gosh, tell your cat. Dance. Do a TikTok dance about our podcast, please. Uh, we yeah. won't see it because we don't have TikTok. However, we'll feel it. We'll know it's we'll happening know. in we'll the know. universe. Like, we'll know. And that sounds like all the time we have this week. So until next time, I'm Andrew. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. And every spoiler was intended. And that sounds like all the time we've got. So until next week. <laughs> Sorry. He's bad as completely blank. I Your lied. name is Andrew. I lied. We're going to find <laughs> bloopers. I lied. We'll have a blooper. <laughs> no, yeah. I just completely blank. Sorry. Okay. We're still recording. Let me. Slate. Put a slate marker. It.